You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows like the one you're about to enjoy, visit electronicmediacollective.com. And now, our feature presentation. Hey, Jordan, your usual drink tonight? Yes, thank you. So, where's Eric and Ryan? Uh, they're on their way. I wanted to listen to your latest podcast, but where can I download the episodes again? You can download all of our episodes at movieguyspodcast.podme.com. You can also find us on every social media platform. Every social media platform? That's awesome. Hey, it looks like your friends are here. Let me get the first round for you guys. So tonight we're talking about Porky's, which came out in 1981, and I have a completely different take on this movie, and uh, Eric and Ryan here may completely think I'm lying. I hope they're not thinking that. I am Jordan. I cannot wait to talk about this. Eric, how the hell are you doing? <laughs> Pretty good. I. Uh, it, this is a weird one. Did you grow up watching this one? Because this movie did not age well, and I, I can't imagine that this was uh, considered a, a, um, a witty or a smart comedy by any mean. Uh, definitely, uh, you know, by any sort of, I mean, of the time in 81 at least. But um, here we are talking about this uh, this inspiration of, of cinema here. Um, Ryan, have you uh, heard of this movie and its trilogy before? I've seen the first one. They showed it quite a bit. I don't know if you guys remember. It might have been back in 2000, 2001 when uh, Time Warner Cable um, started doing their boxes, um, set-top boxes, and you can, and to try to entice you into getting the boxes, they would give you a month of Showtime for free. Ooh. This movie ran on Showtime late night all the fucking time. Mm. What? What? It just... What an oddball movie. Like... I think of this movie and is compared of like Revenge of the Nerds. I see Animal House, maybe like a Caddyshack, Meatballs type of thing. This is just like a uh, a really s- silly comedy. I hope. I mean, was life like this back then? Absolutely not. It, it can't be. It can't be like this. And you know what? I'm just gonna go ahead and spoil it right now. You guys are gonna say I'm crazy, but I think this could be the bulk of our conversation. Because if you have not, who is listening, seen Porky's, just just watch Porky's. I mean, so I would argue that this movie is not about the kids being good. This movie is about a bunch of young sixteen-year-old punks destroying a man's business. And Porky is actually on the side of good, so to speak. Would you agree with that? Yeah, this is. Uh, you know what? Okay, here, here's a great question for you. Because this has been uh, one recently that has just been, uh, you know, great uh, kind of a conversation kind of a piece here. If you were to take a movie, any movie from from cinema, and have it like be told through someone else's eyes, or you know, you, you realize that like the the villain did nothing wrong, or kind of one of those types of things. This might be one of those movies. Like, I, I understandably, obviously, Miss Doubtfire might be a whole different thing. Because Pierce Brosnan, uh, Pierce Brosnan didn't do anything, and that must be ridiculous. The guy just goes in, meets the woman of his dreams, and then suddenly this cross-dressing man come, comes through. Whereas Porky is just a, an honest 
businessman trying to turn run a, a smut house, and these kids who couldn't keep it in their pants uh, committed a uh, well, a couple felonies. Ryan, what do you feel about that statement then? Uh, it makes sense. The I mean, the whole driving force behind the ending of them tearing the poor kids establishment apart is just because they wanted to get some prostitutes and Porky took their money. That's, I mean, to me, it sounds like you could make an argument that uh, Porky is just a businessman trying to make a living. But also, well, yeah, he also okay, does rough up a 16-year-old boy quite a bit. That we, but we don't know. It is said. Okay, so this is the problem. I'm going to pick this movie apart, but before I do, I'm going to kind of kind of drink myself a little bit. I, I was laughing my ass off last night. There was a few scenes that I could not stop giggling about, and we'll get into that later. But just for this part of this section of, uh, section of the show. So one of the biggest issues with this movie is that there's no Porky's. We go to Porky's. We go to Porky's twice. We go in the halfway mark, and we go at the end. Porky's is not even a mystery in this movie. That's a big sidestep. It's like, you know, you wake up to Pee Wee with the heart on, and then him and his friends are talking about getting late that night and doing this whole skit, right, about with, with, with Cherry, right? Mm -hmm. it sh it, the movie should be, if it was smart, like an American Pie, to a certain degree, they would be like, dude, we got to go to Porky's. My brother or my cousin or whatever says they suck your dick or whatever. Like, that's what this should be is them to get to Porky's. And then when they get there, they realize it's just this redneck sleazeball kind of rundown joint. And then, you know, shit ensues. Porky's was just brought up once in a conversation. Boom, then they go. That's a big problem. Uh, there's a lot of uh, problems with the plot, but we're not here for the... For the plot, I guess, we're just here for just boys being boys. Huh? There's some rough housing, so, you know, a little grab ass. And, it's mostly uh, episodic. Like, all the events that happen, it's mostly just episodes in the story. And they just have sort of this backbone of the kids just want to get laid. This is like if Jackass was in high school and all they wanted to do was get laid. Because, like, this is really just, just a series of pranks over and over and over on each other, on the, the friends of each other, right? And just, like, their antics. And then one day, you know, one guy was just like, hey, I know uh, um, the redneck. There's one character who drops the N-bomb, and he's the one that gets beat up, by the way, too, so let that be a lesson to you in the movie. And he's the one that keeps on going back. He's like, hey, I know a whorehouse. Let's go. And they all go, and they all get pranked. And then this kid is just, like, has too much pride and then that's it. Uh, and then he keeps on going back to Porky's, getting beat up. He says that he he hit Porky, but every time, the, all the few times he's been on screen, he, he looks just untouched. Like, well, what's just really funny too is that, is that the blonde redneck who keeps on going back to Porky's, his brother is like the sheriff or like the chief or whatever, and his brother allows him to do it. Yeah, so that's that's a big one uh, too. Uh, also, the way they, they pimp the girls out, too, both at Porky's and in the high school, seem to be kind of weird. Uh, okay, and it yeah, seems yeah. like it, there's no, like, it, adults and, and kids alike, it seems. Like, is Kim Cattrall 
apparently has a reputation, and she gets passed around, and then who is the, the girl with the, the messed up teeth? That tooth is trying to escape her mouth. What's her name? Wendy. Wendy. It, it, like She apparently has just okay with having a go at everybody. Pee-wee is, is like... He reminds me of, of... Was it Smalls from Sandlot? Uh, Smalls, Sandlot. That's a good one. Now, the reason why I think that this is a good movie to pick for teen sex comedy is that this came out two years before Valley Girl. So we should have done this one first. But I was I was looking up some trivia here. This was at the time grossing rated R film of all time. Huh. This was a box office success. This was huge. Wow. The fifth highest grossing film of nineteen eighty two. So big that there was two other movies before the director of this movie. Did Porky's too? He was doing Christmas Story. Bob Clark. Oh, he only. Bob he Clark. only. He only did a Christmas Story, or he only did Porky's too because they told him they would only they would provide financing for Christmas Story if he did. Right, but I'm just saying, like, yeah. it's just amazing that you get a movie that is so hard R like this. And then you, by the same director, and then you get into the American classic, we're going to play 24 hours on TBS Christmas Story. It's just well, let's not night pass and up, Let's not pass up his magnum opus, uh, Baby Geniuses. All right. There you go. I, I, I find that funny. don't understand why this, I guess that just comes to the time. Because this, uh, the other thing is that this movie was set, you know, it came out in 81. It's set in the 50s. 55. Isn't that crazy? Like because all the cars that are so maybe that's what life like was like back then. In that case, uh, I have a completely different image of my grandfather and grandmother now. I actually, you know what? I I said no earlier, but after talking with you guys a little bit, I think this is a glorified version of what life was like in the fifties. But I think this is like I'm going to say like seventy percent accurate, meaning the way they talk, the clothes, the cars. The treating of each other, literally getting away with murder in a way. Ryan, do you agree with that at all? Not really. No, I I feel like <laughs> this movie doesn't really take place in reality. Like, it's a fantastical vision of what Bob Clark probably experienced when he was a kid. Like the cool kids. He might have been part of that group, but he might have been Pee Wee. You know. So like he this actually is... said in interviews that, that that's who he is. He's Pee Wee. That's what he said. He wrote it for himself. Go okay, ahead. well there you go. So like yeah. this this is sort of that whimsical uh, fantasy that he would have imagined when he was in high school. Like oh I got all these cool friends that I look up to and we're we're on the basketball team. And we pull cool pranks and we get laid and stuff. Yeah, that's 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 me. <laughs> but but you don't but you don't agree with the way they talk. Especially no, I mean, dropping the N bobs and the anti Semitic remarks and all that stuff like that was not the fifties. I mean that stuff happens today. <laughs> I, <laughs> yes, I, I, I would agree was, that their jargon was, it was very more, it, it was I, more widely there, accepted. That's what I'm trying to say. I mean there's some there's some slang they throw in there in the cars and how they dress, but that's just how that's presented is how almost every movie that deals with fifties iconography <laughs> presents the nineteen fifties. Uh like the movie the so movie, American Graffiti. Was, 
Yeah, it has an American Graffiti feel, I guess, because American Graffiti itself. Have you guys ever seen American Graffiti? Jordan, you seen it? Yeah, George Lucas, Ron Howard, yeah. Yeah, Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford, yeah. Fantastic movie, but it's very episodic. It, it, it has a very similar feel to this movie. Like, one is a teen drama, one's a teen comedy. Sure. All right, so, so then out of the cherry prank in the beginning... Out of the dick in the shower, and I'm going to say Lassie, the big three. Eric, which one's your favorite out of the big three? <laughs> well, the dick in the shower was pretty funny. Uh, yeah, that, that Lassie part was just kind of creepy when you find out that Kim Cattrall is just attracted to uh, Jock, basically. <laughs> Yeah, no, he actually puts a jock strap in her mouth. I, I, I found that absolutely hilarious. Yeah, it's, that's just a little weird, but uh, no, for sure. Uh, uh, the the iconic uh, shower suit is is hilarious. And um, who's <laughs> who's the uh, the teacher, Mrs. Uh, Ball Bricker? Ball Bricker. Yeah, yeah. I think she grabs it, and the speech after, which she's like suggesting that she wants to get five teenage boys. And she wants to have their line their their private parts up, so she can yeah, okay. identify them. It was yeah, pretty so good. Those coaches were were that doing was, more of the laughing for me. That was actually the coaches is what got me. The coach, uh, the older coach's face was turning blood red, and just he's one of those laughers that violently jerks his yeah. body, <laughs> yeah. and and I it, it was so infectious. He was laughing at the Lassie scene all the way to the shower scene, and that was just infectious to me. I just thoroughly enjoyed that. I felt at that scene uh, that I was part of the boys, I guess, so to speak. Ryan, which one of the three do you think was the best one? Well, it's the shower scene. It's iconic for a reason. People know of it, even if they haven't seen Porky's. Um, I did like I thought the scene where she's trying to convince the the principal to let her see uh, the boy's penises because <laughs> the one had a mole on it and she would know it anywhere. Um, that that was I was chuckling along, but I really wish they hadn't overdone the coaches laughing in the background. Like the if they would have tried to play it straight instead of just guffawing through the whole thing and like cracking up at like three quarters of the way through. Uh, that would have been preferable for me. Um, I really like the bit where um, Tommy uh, is, get, gets kicked off the team because he doesn't like the Jewish boy, Brian, and he's just going around like when they're in the locker room and he says, uh, it's a great day to fly a kite, isn't it? Anybody <laughs> want to go fly a kite? <laughs> because he thinks he's using the racial slur for Jews, the derogatory term for Jews. Um, but yeah, I thought that was hysterical. I actually, thought that was, I actually thought it was pretty funny, too. That's like, oh, good old redneck boys that don't actually know how to be racist. That's cute. It was really funny. And then, of course, how Brian came in and corrected him. I thought that was great. Mm-hmm. Um, but also that guy who is who is the asshole, I guess you would say racist, the one that would just hates Jews in general, um, he had a side story too with his dad being a violent prick all the time too. I don't think that was necessary for him to, I don't think there was, I don't think, uh, having his dad being violent and beating him up was actually necessary for the movie at all. There's no reason for that. I don't think. Well, that actually gives you, because I feel the same way. 
Um, except it does give you kind of the, I don't know, like the heart of the film. Like you, like, I don't know if, if warmth is the right word. I can't, I don't know. Um, but like you have that scene where they're trying to explain to Brian, like he's our friend. We know he's a dick. We know he says these things, but he's our friend because we know like the issues that are going on with him. And that kind of gives you the bond the five main guys all share. So when they do these shitty things, you're you aren't supposed to feel like, oh, these guys are assholes. They don't give a shit about anything. But it's like that that's supposed to get you some sort of emotional investment. But the father is terribly caricatured of what oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. my favorite thing was like they just it seems like they just kind of copied the look of Brando. Um, from was it the is it the brave one? Is that the one that he's in? Oh, no, you're talking I can't about. remember. There's that classic image of him on the motorcycle from from whatever movie from the fifties, and, and he's just got that scar because on his face because he just got out of prison, and yeah, he's saying racist things. He looked like uh, he was cousin. one step away from challenging Danny Zuko to a race. <laughs> Nice, and then he had he had that he had that quiet girl, uh, the the pinky Tuscadero, I guess, or whatever, on the back of his motorcycle. Exactly. Did it? Didn't say a damn thing. Just allowed him to do it, and then he gets his ass beat by his son at the school dance, and she still just goes home with him. And it's like, all right, that's crazy. But you were saying, Ryan, um, that you know that that's supposed to give us some weight, some heart, because we're not supposed to think that these kids are dicks, and you know, I don't love the movie. This movie was a big part of my childhood because this was on TNT or TBS or USA all the time with Breakfast Club. Like, this movie's played all the time. So I watched it a lot. Um, but these kids, like I said, begin the show. These kids are actually dicks. I mean, these are these are terrible characters. Like, these boys are just bad boys. Oh, boys will Literally. be boys. I think that's what this movie is all about. It's just a, a, a time where... I, I guess these these hormones are just running free, and this is kind of what they got into. Like this is the the trouble they got into. They would just and and the yeah, shit that they would get away with too, because a lot of times the cops would be like, oh, "All right, now just go on home." Right. He was like, "Is that boy drunk?" And he's passing out and it's chilling, and he's like, "No, yeah, no. All right, get him home." You know. And then also the father drove up, opened a can of beer. And then the redneck's brother was like, hey, is that a beer? And he throws it. Sorry, Sheriff. Like, what the fuck? Well, that was in the 50s. That's when drinking and driving was just, you know, hey, you better better put that away. Right. So we were, okay, so I was saying at the beginning of the show that this is actually about how Porky is a victim. And he's not the villain. Now, you guys both seem to kind of agree with that a little bit. Let's go through what actually happens with Porky. So these boys go there. They're underage, so the so the bouncer to, so so the bouncer who let them in shouldn't let them in to begin with, and is it implied that everybody knows that you can pay to go up to Porky's Pin, or is that just a sixteen boy mythology about paying extra to go up with chicks? What do you guys think on that, real quick? No, I, I guarantee you it exists at, at Porky's. I'm I'm sure. Uh, I mean. There's that kind of behavior there at Porky's, but Porky's is a businessman first, okay? Let's give him some credit here. He knows 
very well that he's serving underage boys, and that part is fine. I'll take your money, but you know, don't fuck around. And then suddenly he's got these teenage boys being like, "Hey, we're ready to uh, you know get some fucking on." And the last thing that Porky needs is having a bunch of high schoolers spread word around that, hey, if you want some pussy, you need to just go over to Porky's and pay however much per half an hour or hour or whatever, and that's what you get. And uh, that's just, you know, again, it might be the language that they were using, too, but it wasn't really polite. You know, they tried to. But Porky, again, businessman. He's just like, no, I don't want this riffraff. I'll teach these boys a lesson, you know. Cool them off. They're, they're with that red-hot blood of theirs. And um, they pulled a prank on them. Listen, the same type of prank that the other guys were doing, I would actually say a better prank, because it didn't involve uh, a random dude from his dad's work to scare the shit out of him with a machete and fake blood. So, Or a hooker. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, exactly. Or, or the hooker, too, in a weird out uh, cabin house or whatever the hell. I, I, Porgy, I think, was, was fine. He, he had a room all set up for this, cooled him off. The, the boys got angry... Started to do more shit, and then he was just like, "Well, what do you want me to do?" It's like, no, fuck that. The, the boys were in the wrong, and if it, that was any other movie, I think that they would have just the boys that is taking the loss and be like, "Well, we got fucked over on that one," and they learned a lesson. Like, don't, you know, maybe try talking to a girl if you want to get laid rather than going to a a whorehouse to trying to talk to a man named Porky. I'm sorry, Mister Porky, into sharing a girl between five guys. Well, see, this, well, okay, now, going off of that, this is where it gets ridiculous, and Ryan, I'm curious what you say about this one, is that the boys just, like, if they get pissed, the only person that actually gets really fucking mad is the blonde redneck, because his truck gets, you know, beat to shit a little bit, which was excessive for Porky and his brother, the sheriff, but, you know, teach him a lesson. But the boys don't care after that. They go on and live their lives, and the blonde kid keeps on going back three times... And every time he comes back, it's worse. And they just shrug it off like, oh, man, that sucks. You know, they try to help him out. But when he has a collapsed lung, oh, oh, shit hits the fan now for some reason, I guess. And I, then uh, and then the Jewish yeah. boy and then the Jewish boy saves the day. Right. He's like, wait, I got a plan. And it's like, what? You know, I thought that was just weird, you know, because they keep on. And the reason why I say the Jewish boy is because the movie is telling me this constantly. That's his character. You know what I mean? Like, there's no weight to him. There's nothing besides he's Jewish. That's That was the way I took it. That's basically it. his character. You know, no, yeah, this and School Ties. That's basically the character. Is like, that's, that's, that's who they are. No one in this movie, ha like, has any depth to them. Like, Pee Wee... Is uh, he's always horny. Uh, the one guy is always making jokes about having sex. Um, Meat has a giant penis. Uh, Brian's Jewish. And then there's that one guy who looks kind of like Gomer Pyle. Nice. Nice, Gomer Pyle. Well, see, another thing I find interesting, too, and I rewound it three times because I wanted to hear it right. Porky's is not just around the corner, boys. It's, it's 70, 70 miles away. 70 miles. So you're going to sit here and tell me that this blonde kid went to Porky's the last time, got the shit beat out of him, possibly a collapsed lung, and drove 70 miles back? Yeah, man. And I, then he he's passes on a, out. He's on a then trip. He, then he yeah, then he passes out. 
Like yeah. 70 miles. At the That's school insane. dance. And he, and he goes to the DJ booth. The first thing, ugh. Amateur move. Pretty, pretty, pretty shitty. I mean, killed what is the that, music. Miles? What about like what? What about an hour and a half drive? Yeah, yeah got to be going through stoplights. I just don't understand it. I don't understand the logic. But then they go back to Porky's. This guy's pissed off. He's like, "Okay, you boys keep on fucking around with me. I keep on beating this kid's ass because he keeps on trying to come back." And then what do they do? They tear down his business establishment. They tear it down, like. With an elaborate plan of dynamite, how do they get dynamite? Yeah, that's another good, good, quick question. Where do those boys get some dynamite? And they got they got very nice boats and just I just don't understand that. And then of course they have the whole town waiting for them with their police because they're in whatever county and Porky can't come through. And then they demolish Porky's car and he took it. Porky's a victim here, boys. He's a victim. Yeah, I sure hope he gets his revenge. I think he does in the third movie. Isn't, yeah, Por you don't, isn't Porky's 2 called He's Porky's gonna, Revenge? No, no Porky's 2 is called the next, day. the next Day. I was oh, going to make yeah. a joke, you son of a bitch. Damn you it. son of a bitch. Well, keep it going. I was going to say he's going to have to wait till after the next day. There, that's... I, I still smiled at that. <laughs> you bastards. I hate all of you. I ruined uh, not just my own joke, but also Ryan's joke with that, too. And uh, and for that as punishment, I'll, I'll go ahead and watch Porky's 2 and Porky's 3. I actually am going to watch Porky's 2 and Porky's 3. Uh, not right off the... Not right now kind of thing, but I'm curious because I've never seen Porky's 3. i seen Porky's 2 the next day in the movie it's literally the next day and there's only one scene in that movie that i remember and that's when wendy who's like a part of the boys but not kind of thing she has she wants to embarrass somebody like a politician at a fancy dinner so she puts balloons full of fake vomit in her breast like on top of her breast so she pretends to regurgitate yeah that happens well, that one's about um, the boys the fighting the KKK. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we, big turn. Big turn. We, we, need, we need remakes. Is that what you're trying to say? Well, there was a remake, and it's, and it's not a remake. They try to say it's a remake, but it's not. So you got Porky's, Porky's 2, and 3. And then Bob Clark, for years, uh, was trying to make a, a reboot. Even sold the rights to the Howard Stern himself for Howard Stern to produce and try to make a remake after his successful private parts movie. That never happened. So they were going to lose the rights in 2009, and they made a movie called Porky's Pimpin' Peewee is the name of the movie. And it's, and it's advertised as like National Lampoon's Vacation, National Lampoon's whatever. So this is like Porky's, and but the title of the movie is Pimpin' Peewee. The plot is 2009, modern day. Not the not a single same actor or actress at all. It's just the name of the movie, and these three boys accidentally start a prostitution ring. They are the movie is the joke of the other guys with Will Ferrell. Three college buddies search for sex in the summer holidays and end up starting a successful whorehouse. Told you. You know that joke? 
and uh and the other guys when uh will fair and you know pimps don't cry and you gator you know what i'm talking about okay yeah. that's this movie before other guys came out so when they're going back in the will fair other guys thing is like i was a pimp and i accidentally you know started a prostitution oh. ring that's this movie is you know like these boys were protecting these girls because they wanted to go on dates and one thing leads to another one thing leads to another it is garbage but it's a part of the porky's uh filmography the universe oh and not a single actor is named peewee in the movie either so why is it called pimp and peewee i don't know i haven't seen it it looks like there's a character named peewee it says from the is cast a little boy? yeah little boy though yes so what is yeah what is that why is there a little boy in that movie? But anyway ryan do you want to see pimp and peewee not really. It sounds like garbage. Absolute <laughs> trash. And I mean, I from what I understand, it's so like Porky's itself when it was released, it wasn't received very well, like critically. Uh, it wasn't thought highly of at the time. It was just a big box office success, and that's the only reason we got two and three. But I, as I understand, two is worse than the first one, and three is a large step down from number two. And so if this one is far below number three feel like I should just like throw salt in my eyeballs. Yeah. Well, again, the only reason why they did that new one in 2009 was because the studio was going to lose the rights. <laughs> so if they made the movie, they had it for longer periods of time. Okay, so look, we're going to get into our popcorn ratings here, but I have to say I've been dogging on this movie throughout the whole review, but this movie is nostalgic to me. I have not seen this probably since college, so it's been over a decade for me. Uh, it was a fun time warp back to I remember watching this on TV. So my review could be a little bit different, but putting the movie guys podcast goggles on, it was like, wow. But I was trying to go back and forth with that, with that mindset. <laughs> so we'll get into our popcorn race. I'll just go first with that one. Um, I feel this movie is a medium bag. It's fine. It's decent. Um, it's, it's, it's the same ballpark as like broken lizards i would say you know like super troopers club dread beer fest those kind of movies sure um i think it's that it's not national lampoons national lampoons is like the peak broken lizards it's like you know there and that's where porky's is you know that's where i think this kind of goes um it has some really funny moments it has some good funny humor moments the shower scene's really hilarious the lassie bit is funny and that coach turning blood red for me just made me giggle and laugh with him I thought that the cherry uh, prank at the beginning went on way too fucking long. Uh, it just her moaning and then jumping on the bed just was going on for way too long. Uh, I was shocked with the racist bits in the movie. I completely forgot that it was even in this movie. So that was kind of shocking, especially with what's going on today. Going on today. Uh, a lot of characters didn't make any sense. Very one note, but I did have fun with the jokes. And it was an easy watch. So because of that, if you want some good old teen sex comedy, Porky's is not a bad way to go. So I'm going to go with the medium. Uh, Ryan, let's go with you. What is going to be your popcorn rating for Porky's? I'm also going to give it a medium. Uh, it is a very thinly written movie. Uh, it's very episodic. kind of jumps from thing to thing. Um, but it is funny. That's, that's one of the positives. Um, I... I don't know if you guys are familiar with Kino Lorber. It's uh, like a boutique distribution 
uh, Blu-rays, DVDs. They they'll have sales every now and again. And I bought this movie from them called Gorp. Uh, G-O-R-P. It stands for <laughs> Good Old Raisins and Peanuts. And it's a... It's from 1983. And it's a uh, camp movie. Like a summer camp movie. Sure. And it has... I, I feel like the, they made that movie in because of the success of Porky's in 82 and then um, Meatballs in 79. And the, this that movie if you watch porkys and gorp now people probably don't know or have never heard of gorp and that's for a very good reason um like i feel like they're trying to copy um what people think made porkys successful and it fails completely it is it's not a good movie in the slightest the the i think uh, it's an hour and a half long and i laughed once watching that movie and it gives me kind of a better appreciation for Porky's because I've never thought highly of Porky's. Um, when I was a, when I was a kid, it was mostly just because you know there's tits in it and stuff like that. And watching it now as an adult, it's funny. It's I, I know like I can tell that it's it's the characters are thin, the plot is almost non-existent, um, but the jokes are good. And just, I mean, for that alone, I would, I would recommend it. And I think that it's easily digestible. You can put it on the background and you're not really going to miss anything when you want to give it your attention again. Um, so yeah, a medium bag. All right. And Eric, what's going to be your popcorn rating for Porky's? Um, I'm just going to go small bag with uh, some popcorn on it because it's, uh, it's memorable. It's. Uh, I did laugh at it. Like I'm not gonna say uh, that I that I didn't, but uh, it just seemed just kind of like a situational, just kind of you know, I don't know, movie with a bunch of dick jokes. Really, um, kind of reminded me of yeah, just the coming of age stuff. I, I guess if this was like a high school or college, uh, uh, if I was that in that era, then it might be a little more funnier to, to me. Um, but um, other than that, yeah, it as we talked about at the end, there's the whole thing with Porky and like why did he even even need to be the villain because he was the cock block because he didn't uh, he was the pimp that said no. This really kind of confused me. The antics were great. I liked that. I thought they were funny. Uh, I, I you have the iconic shower scene, and if you have a movie where I can tell you the title of a movie. And you instantly think of a scene that's timeless. So already, and it was funny too because the part where he, where he, asks, or he tells her to move, why don't you move out of the way already or whatever? Like that was fucking great. Or um, how is the friends are always like tagging each other on to, to just get pranked and prank, you know? And so you know the guy obviously put his his tallywhacker through the through the hole there. And his other friends are just like, oh yeah, keep it in, you know, don't worry, it, she's about to touch it, and ends up being the teacher. Like, that's, it's great. So if I were to tell you other movies like American Pie, uh, old school, you know, kind of uh, of our times, or even, you know, other than that, like a Caddyshack, um, and you would, more than likely or not, go to an instant quote or an instant scene. Porky's has it. And I would not say that the other two movies don't. And this also has the prank calls, too. Like you, have, you have Mike Hunt in, in this movie, too. Like and that's that's the start of something even you know 
uh, a wave that had rippled down too uh, of the prank calling. Um, mm-hmm. So it's it's a big social movie, and I appreciate it for what it is. It's it's kind of silly. Uh, that's for dang sure. I really don't understand a, a, a lot of it. I liked how they had the bit with the uh, uh, the rolling credits at the end too. That was fine. It's it's exactly what you think it is. Hour and a half sex comedy. Um, thank you, Porky's. I'm not like, probably going to see the second or the third, but um, you know you're you're one for the books. I'd say small bag with some popcorn because it was enjoyable for the hour and a half. Well, we hope everybody enjoyed this uh, part of our our second part of our uh, teen sex comedies. Next time, when we come back for our part three, we'll be doing Fast Times at Ridgemont High, and I have never seen it. So I'm interested to see the movie. I, uh, of course, I know the scene. You know, I know the scene. Again, the scene. You have a movie, it goes to that scene. Yep, I know the red bikini. Other than that, I have no idea what the movie's about. I've never seen. Ryan, have you ever seen Fast Times at Ridgemont High? Oh, yeah. I really love Fast Times at Ridgemont High. But also, speaking of sex, kind of a segue, uh, I uh, started a, a podcast with my wife. Oh, you did? Why don't you tell us about it? The, it's on this channel, so if you guys are subscribed to this show, you are most likely going to uh, see the podcast. But my wife and I are currently pregnant with our first child and we decided uh to do uh role recording i was going to interview her and the the podcast kind of interview format um they were supposed to be for it was an idea to record these things and maybe our child later in life would want to listen to them um but then we thought maybe people out there might find it interesting so now we have the baby project podcast um that I have fun doing. Uh, you guys said you liked the first episode, and you guys wouldn't lie to me. So, yeah, check it out. And also on that note, too, we got one more month away, and it will be Ryan's official first year being a part of the Movie Guys podcast panel. Wow, time flies. Ryan started in August, so only a month away. Hopefully we can get something better than Hobbs and Shaw. <laughs> yeah, as your as your anniversary. We'll see what happens in movie theaters. Yeah. But anyway, thank you so much, everybody, for listening. Next week, we'll be back with a brand new movie, The King of Staten Island. I'm really looking forward to this one. I hope it's good because firefighting is deep in my family. So I'm kind of curious how this one will go. And Pete Davison, I'm uh, I'm 50-50 with. So hopefully he'll be over. But next week, we'll be talking about King of Staten Island. Eric and Ryan, thank you so much for joining me. Check us out on all the social medias. Appreciate it, and have a good night.